don't talk too much. Just talk a little bit. You don't eat much, you don't talk much. <laughs> I'm just listening. This is the Just Listening Podcast with pizza artist Eric John. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show today. This is Just Listening. I am Eric John. And uh, before we get into it, I got to tell you about my friend John Scambato over at Yacht Club Soda. Man, this is the best soda in the entire world. I'm telling you, I've been drinking this stuff since I was a kid, and now you don't have to live in Rhode Island to enjoy it. You can go to yachtclubsoda.com and you can order it for yourself. They've got so many flavors blue raspberry, grape, strawberry, lemon lime, orange cream, cream, root beer. I could go on and on and on. Your summer gathering will not be the same without Yacht Club Soda, I promise you. So please go to yachtclubsoda.com today and order yourself some of the best you've ever had. Okay, on the show today, uh, we've got some amazing artists, amazing filmmakers on the show today. Uh, Paul Robinson and Shashia DeMont. Um, I'm talking to them today about their new film uh, called In the Gray. Um, these these guys are so super talented. I'm super excited to talk to, to them about uh, you know the, the creative process and um, maybe a little bit about NFTs as well, if we'll get into that. So, uh, Paul and uh, Shashia, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us. Hello. Of course. So, all right. So, I want to start at the beginning because, um, you know, Paul, I feel like I know you, you know, fairly well. We've we've chatted mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, uh, so, she, I don't know you as well. Um, yeah. But when, how and when did you guys meet? You want to take this one? About 100 years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Decades ago. We met. <laughs> almost literally. Well, yeah, almost. Mm-hmm. We met 15 years ago on MySpace. No. That's wow, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. who, what was your guys' MySpace music on uh, your profile? Do you Tool. remember? Hers was Tool, which is why I stopped. Oh, that's so funny. I don't remember what mine was. I, think I it, don't know what yours was. It was probably like Evil Dead or something stupid. You had something, <laughs> yeah. But I had, I would just sort of. Or my um, own band's music or something. I, I would filter through different metal bands, but Tool's my favorite. So I usually yeah. had that. That's pretty cool. So, um, okay. So you guys met on MySpace. And did you guys like immediately, like were you guys both sort of independently into film on your own and. Or is that something you kind of randomly discovered about each other? Like, how like how did that part of it work its way in? Oh, well, I was making really bad horror films with my friends at the time. And then I came across her, like, not, like, not film-related stuff. But then she had already kind of had this passion for writing and acting and stuff. And so um, she saw my stuff and was like, this is good. But <laughs> if you, if you want to make it better, let's team up sort of thing actually we it was it was we first met and then a buddy of mine was doing a film Mm -hmm. and then i said oh i know somebody that might want to do it and then we so we were cast as husband and wife Mm -hmm. oh that's funny okay and so and so how long after that did you guys actually become husband and wife um i Um, think like three years later yeah okay yeah so life imitating art yeah yeah um (laughs) pretty pretty cool so sushi have you you've done like a lot of acting in your in your past 
Um, not before, no, not before I had actually met Paul. I mean, I was, uh, always like a super dramatic kid. I was like that kid that was like, you know, go and I would perform whatever you wanted to perform, but I hadn't actually pursued acting, uh, really at that point. And then, um, once I kind of worked with him on his friend's film, I was like, yeah, this is, this is exactly what I wanted to do that I didn't get to do. And, um, Paul will admit he's not the strongest writer. So he was like, I hate writing the most. He liked doing it, but he was like, it's well, my least favorite yeah. thing to do. Um, and I liked writing. I, I had been writing since I was a teen. So um, that was how that kind of worked out. Well, just to be clear, I didn't not <laughs> like, I liked writing. I just wasn't very proficient at it. <laughs> you know, so there's a big <laughs> difference there. All right. <laughs> So it seems like you guys like fill each other's gaps pretty nicely. Yes. Like yeah. you really yeah. do work well as a team in terms of in terms of even just what you guys enjoy doing the most. Yeah, it's, I think so. It's not um, it's not very common um, from what we're told by other people. Like the other few people that we've met in the business that are that sort of team up, it it can be tough because um, if you have similar interests, there's a lot of sort of knocking heads in in uh, decision making. But I'm not. A very technical person. I don't like the techie stuff, and that's his thing. He's a cinematographer, so you know he he'll take. I, I'll never try to pull the camera out of his hands because I'm not I'm not interested in that. And he was an actor at one point, but stopped acting a while ago. So he's never pushing to be in front of the camera. So it just sort of worked out for us. Yeah, there's um uh, our overlap is probably in directing. You know, for all intents and purposes, yeah, I'm the director, but that's because I'm the director on the day. But uh, a lot of the work that a director would do in pre-production, we kind of do that together, mm -hmm. figuring shots out. Um, you know, uh, a lot of times I'll figure shots out from a technical perspective in terms of where things can fit and, and what looks good creatively. And then we'll kind of just go over them and that sucks, that's great, whatever, and, and kind of work that out together. So um, that's probably where we overlap. But then, yeah, in post-production, that's kind of where I pick up a lot of stuff. And in pre-production, it's a lot of... Um, you know, a, a lot of the deep. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, and then usually pre-production, I'm usually doing like the location scouting, and yeah. like I usually find locations and and hook those things up. A lot of production stuff. Yeah. Do you guys find that you have to like actively um, and intentionally try to keep your um, personal relationship separate from your professional relationship, or or is it it does it actually sort of aid in your professional relationship I and, and I don't think there's a separation honestly it's such yeah. a part of like who we are together I mean yeah. it's it's why it's probably it is why we are together because when when Paul did reach out to me on the myspace mm -hmm. um <laughs> and then three weeks wait later I had her. he also mm -hmm. <laughs> he private messaged me and thank goodness for that because as soon as I saw his profile and it was like proud dad, I was like, nope, <laughs> I just <Yeah. laughs> did not want to deal with it. We don't have children. I didn't want to have kids. So I was like, I don't want to deal with any of that. Um, I, I had just come off of, uh, of my divorce. So I was like, I'm so not into any of this. I just want to like live my life. And then he had private messaged me and where I was interested was it said filmmaker. I was like, oh, there's nobody around here who makes films, nobody. So I was kind of like, all right, I'll, I'll talk to this guy for a little bit and see yeah. what he's about. I do think in the grand scheme of things, it has, you know, aided our relationship, even outside of it, because we do 
talk about other things that don't, aren't film related and we you know do things that aren't film related and i think the having such a passion for for making films i think has kind of really helped bring it all together because that's we always have that to kind of fall back on um the tricky part is always as anyone would imagine is navigating the I mean, we're, we're pretty good at with it because we've been together so long. It's just navigate. Like, we don't worry about hurting each other's feelings if something sucks or mm-hmm. idea is bad. We're not rude, obviously, but, you know, we are very like, you know, we don't we can cut through all of the BS of trying to be nice and just say, I don't like that. And this is why I don't like it. And I think we could try this and let's see. And we're very kind of, um, uh, you know, we're very collaborative that way. But we're, we don't have to worry about any kind of pleasantries, you know. <laughs> Well, that's good. I, I know it can be, I mean, I work in a family business. I know it can be hard mm-hmm. working with family members and people you either grew up with or live with or whatever. So, I mean, that's amazing. You guys are able to, you know, have such a symbiotic sort of personal and professional relationship. I, I wanted to say, I wanted to compliment you guys because, um, especially on the, uh, on the acting, and I'm not sure if you guys get a lot of, you know, if, you know, at least in this NFT space, Paul, especially, you know, everyone's very focused on the art. Um, but the the stuff, the, the the trailer you guys made for this upcoming movie, or no, it wasn't a trailer. It was a uh, a promotional video that you guys did where you were sitting on the couch. Oh, for the crowdfunding, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The crowdfunding thing, right. And and I swear to you, when you guys released like a blooper reel yeah. afterwards, I, I had... I didn't, wouldn't have had the slightest idea that any of that was written or or rehearsed or anything. It seemed so natural and just like I, the acting was so good, even just in your crowdfunding video. I was like, I was really just I was so shocked when I was like, wait, this was this was all written out. I, I would never have known. Yeah, it was it was written out. Yeah. I'm horrible at memorizing <laughs> things really quickly. Like if you give me time, I can. But trying to memorize stuff quickly i'm horrible so there's just tons of takes of me forgetting lines and yeah i wrote that the night before so he didn't have a whole lot of time with it and some of the lines that i had he was supposed to have but he couldn't quite yeah. remember them so i was like all right i'll just take that um he you know paul doesn't really act anymore so it's a he needs more time with it i mean it, it dialogue um when i write dialogue it's one of my biggest pet peeves when we watch a movie and the first thing I think is nobody talks like that. That always bugs me. Right. It's, you know, when something sounds really scripted or, you know, like the the whole taglines in movies, the whole like hasta la vista type of like, hmm. make it sound hardcore. And it's like, but nobody talks that way. And so I, I'm sort of uh, a very nitpicky and uh, persnickety when I'm writing it. I'll, I'll go through dialogue and change little words to say, you know, to th- think to myself, does this sound a bit more genuine? Uh, Does this sound like something somebody would say? Does it sound too overboard? Um, You know, you can kind of, you have leeway a little bit with film because you can get away with the drama of it a bit. Um, But that's something that, that irks me a lot when I watch something and I think, I don't believe anything these people are saying to each other. And I don't believe this is how they would communicate with one another. Um, So when I wrote that, I wrote it in the vein of how we would speak to each other. Uh, just well, I mean that's memorized. and that's how it came off. I, I just imagined that this is how you guys talk to each other <laughs> all the time, and you know, and you're you know, in your writing, did you did you write the script for um, Paul's super rare video also? 
I think you, well, I had like an outline and then I had her go over it and make it good. And, um, which one? The one outside with the, the one with the raking yeah, and it was like a, it was like a, me, it was like a prescription oh, drug she ad. shot that as well. I did shoot oh, that wow, actually. Okay. So I, it's the one thing I can't say that I did shoot and it's why I'll never pull the camera out of his hands. Cause that <laughs> was just so nerve wracking for me. Um, well, I think twice. you've got yeah. a really good, you've got such a, there's a really fun comedic tone yeah. to your writing and the dialogue and, and stuff. And uh, I just, every time I've seen a video you guys have done, I just, I laugh and it, it makes me laugh and you guys are great. Yeah. yeah I mean, that um, was always a running joke. Cause you know, the TV will be on and you know, you, the, these commercials come on and I'll always stop, yeah. like rewind it and go, did you hear that? Cause like the, you know, the side effects are like three minutes long, just going random things, you know, like nosebleeds, eye twitching, yeah. ears ringing. And I'm like, this is crazy. So when he said he wanted to do something that was like those commercials, that was very much his idea to do that. Um, and then I just kind of went in and tweaked, you know, what would sound more like the commercial. And then I, I wrote all the side <laughs> effects in it and, yeah. and all that. It actually started. Well, it was spot on yeah. because, and obviously it worked. I mean, you know, it, it pretty much got you right on super rare. I mean, almost immediately. Um, yeah. Tell me about, the new movie because uh it looks really cool i'm really excited about it i can't wait to to see it um how is how's the crowdfunding going um, um and well the crowdfunding's so, done um oh congratulations yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that we we actually got um a i'd say almost half of what our goal was we obtained from my one, one high person, school yeah. science teacher Oh, wow. Uh, and I haven't been in high school in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's been about uh, 30 years, almost, almost 30. So 25 years since I've been in high school. Um, and uh, we kind of stayed in touch through Facebook and just very casual. And uh, he had come to uh, one of our last films. We did this film called Amber that I, I actually directed for the first time. Um and uh, he came out to see it, and uh, I guess I guess he was impressed. Thank goodness. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what he sees in us, but he was like, "I'd like to give you guys a whole crap ton of money." And I was like, "Well, you don't have to do that, but thank you." Yeah. Uh, I had no connection to him, so I was like, "Okay, thank you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt, I started to feel bad because I was like, "Oh my god, please stop!" Because he yeah. gave us like a thousand dollars, and then gave us like. Uh, five hundred dollars, and they gave us like two hundred dollars. I was like, "Oh my god, please stop!" Um, but that was probably one of the most uh, sort of like affirming things to happen as an artist because I think it's you sort of take the compliments that your friends and family give you with a grain of salt for some reason because you feel like they're trying to spare your feelings. But when right. someone doesn't have anything to gain from it, and they just go, "Oh no, I believe in your work," it's like, "Oh." all right <laughs> you know so that absolutely was, that was really that was really uh that was helpful um the script is um we're kind of going back into the drama roots of it i like writing darker stuff i ideally i would write probably psychological thrillers if i yeah. had the budget for it but you know uh, those are a little harder to do sh in short versions so um this film was actually uh, inspired by uh, actual events in my life. Um, I had found out last summer that uh, my biological father that I had been estranged from had uh, essentially been uh, killed in a botched robbery. 
Um, and so it was just a very weird experience because I didn't have a relationship with this person. And so I was battling with whether I didn't feel, whether I should feel worse than I did, I guess. I felt like, shouldn't right. I feel more, shouldn't be mourning more? Should I feel uh, anything, you know? And I kind of, the main emotion that I felt was just sort of indifference. It was like I was, was I, I thought the situation was horrible and the details were terrible and it was a terrible way to die, obviously, but I didn't have that emotional connection. So in the film, myself, uh, Petra Dennison and Kat Lindsay are the two actors who play my sisters in the film, but they in reality represented the three emotions that I felt during that moment. So it was sadness, anger, and indifference. It's fascinating. And I, you know, I, 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 you know, that is a weird thing sometimes when, when someone dies and someone, you know, mm -hmm. some either, whether, even if it's someone who is close to you and you're, and you do feel like you, you should feel something more than what you're feeling. Yeah. And then you start questioning, you're asking yourself, well, am I repressing my feelings here? Like, is something going to come up from below the surface at right. some point? And then it doesn't. And you're like, you know, and then people, other people are kind of wondering why, you know, mm -hmm. you're thinking, are they wondering why I'm not more upset mm -hmm. about this? And, yeah. you know, it, it's a fascinating thing. And I don't think I really have seen that particular subject in many movies. I love psychological thrillers as well. Yeah. I mean, some of the best, yeah, some we, of the best stuff. We, and they don't really make good ones anymore. No. It yeah, seems like it's, to me. it's so weird. I mean, they're I harder think to find for sure. They're harder to find. And yeah. I think people overthink them too much. Uh, oftentimes when you do see them, it's like they're trying to make a psychological thriller instead of just making a script that sort of, uh, that, yeah. yeah, that just sort of is that and embodies that it becomes like, oh, how, how many twists can we fit into this, which then starts to become ineffective. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's sort of like what they do with wrestling, Paul. Now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, just, everything's a big twist. I don't know dude. anything about re wrestling. <laughs> what are you talking about? Talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, for, for people listening, Paul used to work for WWE as a as a graphic designer. Uh, no longer working with WWE, but we used to trade gifts and funny comments and things back and forth occasionally about do, about wrestling. You know? And I've certainly got, uh, talked know. about wrestling. It's a, quite a bit on this podcast already. So yeah, it's a big um, part of my my past and and my journey as an artist. Um, uh, so there's you know there's a, a a soft spot in my heart for that 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 whole oeuvre, I guess is what fancy <laughs> people say. Um, but it's kind do of you, it's you, funny because we're so you know together we're so like kind of you know we're giant children. We make jokes about things and and whatever. But a lot of the stuff we like to watch and make is very. Mm -hmm very opposite that which i feel like is very very common do you guys have any particular favorite um films of all time that you, that really you know that maybe you often refer to in your mind when you're looking to make a film or that are particularly inspirational to you oh geez there's there's no, we so tend many to, we there's tend, so many i don't know when when you're writing i know and and when i'm doing like storyboards or thinking uh and trying to get into like a creative zone it's always music for us that kind of yes. gets us yeah to that to that yeah. film wise kind of like, i i can i probably have like people have their top 10 i have like my top 30 yeah um but uh right. like films that that i think are just that are just timeless for me are like Django Unchained is one of my favorite movies. I'm a big Tarantino fan, despite the fact that he didn't like Death Proof. I loved Death Proof. Uh, Shutter Island, Jacob's Ladder, like um, the original. 
<laughs> not the remake. <laughs> Shutter Island, I feel, is very underrated. Shutter Island is so such good. an underrated movie, and I don't understand why people so don't Prisoners. realize. Prisoners is one of my favorite psychological yeah. thrillers. Um, we actually went to the location where they filmed Shutter Island. I mean, a lot of it was green screens, but they did actually film at a location in Massachusetts that was uh, a, a hospital. Um, and I'm not a like I'm not a spiritual person. I'm not religious, but there was definitely like a weird vibe there. I don't mm-hmm. know. We were like walking through the buildings and um, well, not in them, but because they were all locked up. But you were able to go through the grounds, and I was just like, man. I think you kind of, you know, anything that had to do with mental health, especially with the the tactics they used back then, um, probably has a weird feel. It's like an energy. Yeah. It just was like, I was like, like, I don't, I don't feel great (laughs) here. (laughs) It was beautiful in terms of the architecture and it was cool to be there because it's honestly one of my favorite movies. But yeah, it's definitely eerie. You guys talk about, talked about music. How, how important is music? In a film, you know, I often feel like it's a very um, sort of underrated Mm. aspect of filmmaking. Is that something that's really uh, important for when you guys are making a film? Is that like a big part of what you spend time on and and put uh, put attention into? I think so. I mean, it's, you know, music or the choice to not use music, I think, are very important in in setting a mood in anything. You know, Um, it's it's. You know, whether it be a song or or a, a more traditional score, you know, it really kind of along with the audio itself, it's like, you know, there's arguments to be made that maybe audio could be more important than the visual component, you know, in terms of setting a mood. Um, I think they work in tandem together, but uh, it's just it's so important because it, it really helps kind of set the 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 scope of, of what you're doing. And yeah, it's, yeah, I usually, I will usually write to a soundtrack. So every film, every script that I've written, I usually make a playlist and that sort of sets, sets a vibe that I'm, I'm going for. Um, on our film of vital sign, we actually had it scored by an actual composer, uh, Emmett Cook. Um, he's out of Ireland and he took pity on us cause he had actually been on our podcast <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he, he offered to work with us as long as he could keep the rights to the music. And it was the first time we really saw what a customized score could do for a film. Um, and so there's kind of no going back at that point. I mean, for small skits, we'll use stuff that's, uh, you know, um, royalty free yeah. and stuff. Cause we, right. you know, it's exp- it's really expensive and obviously, uh, you know, composers are worth uh, their talent, but it isn't always in the budget. With this film, actually, in the gray that we just did, um, the irony in that is that I actually came up with this script or was able to finally, I struggled with this script. I wasn't able to write it. I kept changing it. And I think I was, there was sort of this morality of like, do I do this? And also, do I want to give this person any more attention because they were not in my life and intentionally didn't want to be in mine. So why am I, you know, so I was kind of struggling with that. And then I discovered uh, an artist called Agent Envy online and I started listening to her stuff and I listened to this specific song called Spiral and the script came immediately and I just started writing it. And so I took, I took a, a, a gamble and I reached out to her and I was like, hi, (laughs) We don't have a lot of money, but if I throw you a lowball offer, 
um, could we use your song for our film? And she agreed. So um, it was uh, really huge for us. I didn't think she was going to she was going to bite. But um, it's it's such a crucial part of the film because there is no music in the entire first section of the film. And in the last scene, which is sort of like the most cathartic for them, that that song is playing um, while we're in a uh, in a rage room. Mm-hmm. So that was that was pretty cool. That's really awesome. And I have to be honest when you when I when you were talking about reaching out to her and sending her a message and just being in the NFT space, all I could think of was like. <laughs> If that happened to me, I would just assumed immediately it was a scam. Yeah, <laughs> someone yeah, trying yeah. to someone's trying to send me a link because I had a couple people reach out to me from like it, it was they were big like Instagram accounts, but they must have been you know discarded or whatever mm-hmm. that people somehow either purchased or hacked into or whatever, and you know they ended up being scams. So that's that's great that you were able to actually like get through that barrier just because you have to be so careful. Yeah. I mean, um, I emailed her, yeah. uh, you know, I did email her and then I sent oh, her a link helps. to our website. Yeah. So it was like, you know, I, I promise you we're not scamming you. There's like, we actually do make films. So I, I'm assuming that probably helped. Yeah. If I log on to Instagram and I get one more request to make like a restaurant menu or, you know, <laughs> cover art for someone's album. Yeah. Artwork. Yeah. I get that a lot. It's just like, come on. It's so annoying. <laughs> All right. Well, then you're not doing you're not doing our menus. <laughs> so you just lost that opportunity. <laughs> I won't even ask. Um, is, it, is it a motion menu? Because I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be amazing. Um, just like really cool spinning pizzas. Um, what do you? So obviously, like like Paul, I first met you in the NFT space, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so she. I'm not sure to what extent you've really been in Web three and done NFTs and stuff. She sold an I NFT. You've done it a little she bit. Sold an NFT. Um, yeah, I rem- was it the Apple? Was it an Apple? What was it? It was a drawing. Yeah, yeah. No, the Apple's still oh, no, the available, Apple's still right? Out there. It was the, it was the flower, one. I the think. The flower, yeah. Yeah, okay. but look, I, I'm a complete NFT poser. Like, I, he, it was him saying, like, you should do something. Like, do something and see if it well, sells. Well, she's got a very... So I was a, like, all right. <laughs> she has a great artistic eye. And so, you know, as someone who is very much in the nft space i you know i I, you know i'm like a vegan i'm like come join me do it do it too (laughs) (laughs) well so i'm kind of curious um what what are your guys's thoughts on web3 and nft um you know and, and especially you know has your have your feelings about it changed over the course of let's say the last year i'd love to hear your thoughts on it you're such a jerk. Because <laughs> I mean, mine are going to be pretty obvious, but I'd like to hear yours. I like I said, like an, almost like an out, like an outsider who's been ignored by someone who does NFTs. I th- yeah, <laughs> there's a whole lot of that. Um, I think you know it's weird. It was like um, initially his obsession was just so deep that there was a part of me that just hated it uh, because he was so so invested in it constantly. Um, and then I sort of became like that soccer mom that defends their kids. So when people start going off on <laughs> NFTs, I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> Do you just hate NFTs because that's what's in fashion? Or are you just a failed artist and you haven't sold anything? So you're mad. Yeah. Which one is it? Because <laughs> it's one of right. the two. Um, and so I, you know, I think I, I like originality. When I go through 
through people's NFTs and stuff and, and artists and stuff, I get friends, friend requests and things like that on Twitter because I don't use Twitter a lot. Most of the people on Twitter that I follow or follow me or, or in the NFT community, ironically, um, I just like really original work. Um, and so I'm I'm still kind of baffled when somebody tries to throw like a, a Picasso-esque type design out there. And, I, and I'll go to him like, what did this sell for? It's like a dot with a squiggly line through it, and like that's oh, yeah. it. And he's like, "Yeah, you're gonna." There's people that buy that. I'm like, "But why?" You know? yeah. Oh yeah, it, that's kind. Paul, of- your thoughts on that on the squiggly line <laughs> dot? Look, I uh, think that praise. <laughs> I, I think look, artist objective, obviously, yeah. and right. you know, you can go to a museum and look at something that sold for a million dollars and have the same critique of it. I mean, this mm-hmm. stuff has been happening forever, as long as art's been, you know, art and commerce have have collided. I think, and so. Uh, I don't really have a problem with that personally. You know, if something sells for like what, like it doesn't mean that doesn't mean like that money was mine and then mm-hmm. they took it from me. It's like that's just right. You know, whatever. I I really could care less about that sort of stuff. I I um I you know I don't know. I'm very much just kind of like put my head down, do my thing. You know, and if people like it, then that's awesome. And if they don't, that's awesome too. Because I I'm, I'm an artist, right? It, I was an artist before NFTs. I'll be one if they go away forever. And so. You know, it's just another place for me to put it. You know, it was Instagram and right. now I'll just put them on, you know, marketplaces. And, and if that goes away, I'll put it on something else. And Well, your last one's just um, been accepted in, in several film festivals. So Yeah. So my last, my most recent NFT um, resourceful, um, I took it and kind of made like a like a film version of it. And um, and put that in film festivals and it's now it's in a film festival run and it's already been accepted to a couple and um hasn't has yet to be denied it's yet to be denied yeah, yeah. wow that's amazing so um because you know that's the thing is like i don't want to be as as a quote-unquote artist and i you know i always i feel pretentious <laughs> just saying it but uh you know i don't want to be like confined to any one thing right and if if I have something that's an NFT, like, why can't it be a movie as well? Or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, right. it's, it's the, the equivalent of someone saying that an artist always does one style. Well, an artist can do one style if they want, or they could do a hundred styles if they want. I mean, an artist can do whatever they want. And then p- the collectors or the people or the admirers or whatever are either on board and they're, or they're not. And that's, that's it. You know, I mean, I feel like there's so much, um, everything's under a microscope, you know, as, as to what an artist does or what they're doing, or, you know, they're just, you know, I don't know. It, it, for me, it's all about intent. It's always been about intent. If an artist is in, is if their intention is to just be an artist and do this, the thing they love, then that's great. If their intent is to just chase money and do mm-hmm. what's cool and try to make money, then it's like, all right, well that, then you do you. It's like, I don't hate you for it, but it's like, that's not the kind of thing I'm interested in as it's as not a, sustainable as a, as a as an yeah. admirer of art in general so i i feel like i've you know the the people who i've gravitated most towards as sort of fellow artists in this in the nft space and like the way i feel like i've been able to kind of differentiate between the the sort of clout chasers or the 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 money chasers as you were saying and people who i just feel like are just are just at the core just artists are are the people you can tell um that just they don't care about the hype part of it. They don't get wrapped up in the in the highs and lows of it all. And they're just consistent, you know, and, and you're, you know, you're certainly one of those people and someone like an Elrock or uh, Paul, Paul Massey, Massey, like yeah. they have this, they have that same sort of just, you know, just 
take it or leave it. It is what it is. And I'm going to keep making my art. And, and to me, like it's, it's, it's only, it only gets easier to like spot the certain types of people who, Mm -hmm. you know, it seems like they're, they're trying to go off of hype and buzz, you know, alone, which I think you're right. Sashia is not sustainable in the long run as, as an artist. Yeah. I don't think emotionally either. Like he would be Mm -hmm. in in all of these spaces, which was like one of the things that I wanted to strangle him over because it would be like 12 o'clock in the morning. I've just fallen asleep and I'd hear him go like, yeah, so thanks for having me. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing right now? Like you just woke me up. And he's like, I'm in a space. Like, well, take your space the hell out of here. Well, it's so, it's so funny. The whole spaces thing. And like, Cause I was the same way. Like I'd, I'd have the phone like, like next to my ear, yes. yeah. my ear in the pillow and like, yes. but like, I haven't done that in a long yeah, time. Yeah, It's been yeah. a while, but when he you know, first started, there was a lot of that. And it's like the few times that he would have it on speaker and I would be sort of like the fly on the wall. I would just be making faces at people that were just like so angry. There was like this constant anger. And I would think like, why are you in this? It doesn't seem to bring you any joy. You just yeah. come on this space and then you just like, you know, like bitch and that's, moan that's about big, someone mm-hmm. not buying your NFT and then mm-hmm. like trying to take everybody else down because space sucks now. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, well then get off of it. I don't yeah. know. Like if it's not bringing yeah, you joy, big, then like, that's a big move one on. for me, you know, like having fun. I feel like there's so much stress in life and, and art is supposed to be the release of that. And then once you introduce yep. a factor of stress into it, I mean like, you know, when, when that super rare video that we talked about, when, when I, when I released that, it did well, you know, people, it, you know, it got a lot of views, whatever. And then shortly after I released my super rare Genesis and that did well, um, it got a lot of attention. And then I did nothing for three months because I wanted to build my next piece. Now, right. if I was chasing the hype, I would have tried to just put something out real quick right away right. so people can get it. But it's like, I don't, I'm not cha- like, I'm just going to sit down and do my next piece the same way I did the piece before that, which took months. Everything I do takes months because I'm slow as hell. And so <laughs> like, um, but that's just it, you know, and if, you know, if that one never sells, then that's fine. Because for me, it's the experience of making that thing. I learned so much making it and it was a lot of fun to make it and stuff. So I don't know, like, I just feel like I fun, think like, like if you're not learning and having fun and having a good time, like I love the community. Community is a big thing for me, as I know it is for you as well. You know, like just chatting with people, meeting people. Um, I love that that whole aspect of it. And the sales, if they come, they come. If they don't, then that's yeah. fine too. It's a great attitude. Yeah, yeah I think you're and also I, like in a weird, like you're in a different spot though, like both of you, right? Because you're, I don't, I don't believe that you have, um, many people to compete with in terms of like pizza nfts i'm pretty sure you're the only one right? no nobody right so it's like that's <laughs> your niche right it's like oh that's yeah, the guy who does the pizza nfts like you don't forget that and then with paul's stuff it's like you know the robots and things and i never want to be like that partner that thinks their partner everything they do is great because it's their partner but i genuinely feel that he's one of the most talented people that i know he works really hard he's worked very hard to get where he is so i've seen the progression i remember when he started making 2d castles and like stuff that looked like 8-bit work and it was horrible and where he is now you know it's been many years and uh, i got ignored for a long time so he could get this good (laughs) so um (laughs) i acknowledge that and then like with resourceful it's like you know when we worked on when I did the music for that, I was like, I don't want to do the score for this. Like, I'm going to wreck this. You know, this is your work. Um, but 
you know, we worked on it together. I took it. I kind of went into his obsessive state then, and I was like, "Oh no, I've become like you," yeah. because he was like, Welcome "No, no, no!" <laughs> like that piece sounds good. I'm like, "No, that this note's off. Something's off. Like yeah. I have to write this whole section over again." And I'd had bursitis in my um, shoulder, so I was like trying to play the piano like one handed to just get this recorded. Um, and that's why, like, when you know it, it hasn't sold, and but I was just like, you know, we're sitting. I was like, look, this is, it's cinematic. Like your work is, you're like the movie guy, right? You're the film guy that makes NFTs and all your work has a sort of cinematic uh, scope and feel to it. So why wouldn't this go in a film festival? It's telling a story. There's basically like a first, second and third act. If you really look at it, it's scored. It's, it sounds, you know, it's thematic. So why not? And so now it's in Film Fest. I mean, if it there's a lot of 3D artists in, in the NFT space, obviously, but like I, I know when I when I see one of Paul's pieces, like I, I know it's I can tell it's his yeah. when I see it. Um, well, it, the it there me, is a, a certain quality about it that's very specific to you, mm-hmm. um, which is really hard to do when there's so many digital artists out there. Like for me, like my stuff looks how it looks and there's nothing else that looks like it because there's no one else doing it. I'm in a very easy position in that regard. Um, and I also can't imagine what it would be like if I had months to work on a pizza, like I, <laughs> I would probably go crazy. Like I'm lucky that like, I'm kind of forced to like, well, this is how it looks. I'm out of time. Yeah. You know, I can't work on this any longer. Otherwise, um, it's going to be a moldy, a moldy pizza. <laughs> yeah, a moldy exactly. Pizza right. Part. So I'm kind of forced into not being a perfectionist. Um, but I think so I can't even imagine do, like, like, like there is that perfectionist in you to, yeah. you know, to make the, big, oh, yeah. you know, to make the, I want to make the biggest pizza mural in the world. You know what I mean? So there is like, you have that drive. It's there. Yeah, right. For sure. It's there. But that's the thing, but right? It's, it's like, you know, I know for me, you know, being in a field that is so crowded, um, I'm never... My my intent is to never make the most realistic looking render or the or the most beautiful uh, looking imagery. There's people that there's always going to be someone that does whatever you do better than you in, in a field that as 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 big as 3D art, right? So for me, what what I try to focus more on is the story. You know, I want the technical aspects to be awesome too, but right. there's always going to be someone that can make a render that looks ten times better of the same exact thing. But if you're yep. if there's a story to tell if if i have something to say as an artist and there's a story there then they don't it, it doesn't really matter if it's the most beautiful looking render ever it's there's something well your stuff is highly emotional yeah like that's one yeah. thing like you know there's whether it's the the two fingers touching i mean I, that was like one of the first pieces i saw in the nft space and i, I remember being like shit i need to up my game like hardcore because like like this is the kind of stuff that's out there like i even though i'm not working in that medium like i need to start up in my game and and it's it 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 hits you in a certain places like just that then the the all the other stuff you've done there's there's a a lot of emotion to it and that, that i think that 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 hits people and it makes them want to have it mm-hmm. you know i think so i think that's probably one of the reasons you've been so successful um do you guys are you guys planning on doing anything in Web three in, in association with the new movie, like movie stills or anything like that? You know, it's it's we. I had tossed around the idea of kind of you know maybe you know because we we ran a uh, an Indiegogo campaign to to raise funds for it, um, and you know part of me was like, well, I can maybe I can introduce 
the you know th this into the web3 and maybe mint an nft and then that can act as kind of like a crowdfunding component to everything but um we haven't as of yet um and we probably won't for this one but it's certainly a possibility in the future but i don't know i i feel like i don't know it, it's to me it's it's weird and i have no problem with people that do that but for me personally like it's weird to kind of if I'm, if I'm, I have collected NFTs as well. I have quite a few of them and I, it's so, I, like, I know personally you have a, lot, driven, right? a like, bunch of mine. Yeah. 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 I got, got a bunch <laughs> of those. Um, but it's so personally driven for me. And when somebody's doing like a film or if a company's doing something, it feels a little, a little more disconnected, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know, like for me, I'm still kind of wrapping my brain around like how that would, how that would all work if, if there's, if that's going to happen. Um, right. I'm more interested to see what other aspects of web three I can incorporate into, into it all, you know, not just the NFT thing, you know, just the digital ownership, right. the digital rights, that sort of thing. I'm kind of interested to see where, where that's going to go. I mean, because that was always the big promise, you know, that outside of NFTs, Web3 has a lot to offer. And I feel like people keep mm -hmm. conflating the two. Yeah. Um, and so right. I'm interested to see where the rest of it goes, you know, um, uh, and, and see where that, you know, how, how that can be incorporated into into film and stuff. Well, I really appreciate you guys joining me. I, I It's so nice to be able to actually talk to you guys for a little while and hear about just you know, what you guys do and what you've been doing with the film and how you guys work together and all of that stuff. Where can uh, people who are listening find, um, you know, all of your guys' work? So all of our work is on our website, uh, Send3Productions, S-E-N, the number three productions. Um, and that's where all of our past work is. And uh, currently this film in the gray is probably going to be a while before it hits that platform because we have to go through the festival run. So most of 2023 and probably most of 2024 will be um, dedicated to the, the fest run and then probably somewhere maybe like fall of next year it may hit onto our site um, with the exception of uh, people depending on their donation uh, would get a private link to it. So right. they'll be able to see it, um, but we probably won't have it available to the public until we're done with the festival run because they tend not to like that. It all depends. We tend to cheat a little bit and, and put it sooner, but yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've, I've with the, the art of pizza movie that seemed the fact that it's on YouTube seemed to be something that certain festivals didn't like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that it was already out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see why that's the that might be the case. Um and then of course, uh, what do you guys just maybe shout out you guys' Twitter handles so people who are on Twitter know where well, to follow you guys. Free Paul. Um yours is just your name. Yeah. Right. Sashia so. Dumont. Yeah. Sashia so um, Dumont. Yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining me. For and me. Uh, thank you so I, much. I hope to talk to you soon. Alrighty. This is the Just Listening Podcast. I gotta go. Go away. I got that thing. I gotta go. With pizza artist Eric John. Uh, wait a couple of minutes. We'll all leave together, okay? This way you don't go out like a bunch of hobos staggering out one at a time. Please like, share, and subscribe.